I know we can't look exactly like it, but I want to be that early acts type of a church and do some of the things that they did and see some of the things that they saw and experience some of the ways of, of just growth and miracles that God did in that church. And I think we can do some of that if we return to being, you know, living some of those models and examples. And one of the things that they did is they gathered regularly, which we do, um, but they also, they didn't just have a, a, a teaching that was this direction, which is a lot of what we do. They had lots of time this direction, gathered around tables, just talking about what Jesus meant and what they were supposed to be doing. Actually, in Acts 5.42, it says this, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So it talks about them a lot of times preaching, which is somebody sharing the good news, but also teaching. And in that time, the rabbinic model of teaching was it was lots of question and answers. It was back and forth type of dialogue. And so I thought, you know, once in a while, it'd be good for us to just get up here and have some back and forth type of dialogue, especially on some of the things that we've been hearing and talking about. And for the past couple of weeks, we've been asking you guys to just send in um, some questions. And we've got a, a great group of questions about prayer. And so we're going to take some time and kind of dive in and talk about those. But here's what I need you guys to do today. Usually, we'll give you the, the easy sausage to pull the things off of the, you know, here's, here's the easy meat for you guys to get. And you write the notes that we've picked for you. Today, you guys have to be the ones that if you want to really take it, you've got to be the ones that are taking the notes down. Because it's just going to be a dialogue up here. And we may say something really great. We may say a lot of stupid stuff too. Um, but you need to pull from us the things that, you know, you want to really think about again. Um, we get, it's really common now for people to, to listen to just dialogues of people on podcasts, just chatting and talking. And that's one of the reasons I thought as well, let's give them a model of what a good, healthy, small group can look like, which is just gathering around, talking about a topic. And also this is very common. We just don't do it a lot in a church setting. Um, so today we're going to be talking about some of the questions you have on prayer. I've got with me uh, Pastor Jace. You guys know Pastor Jace. He's our student pastor. Um, we've got Pastor Alex. Alex does our worship and creative stuff, and he's going to be kind of hosting us today. He's got the list of questions. Um, I've yeah. Mm -hmm. You know how you know how you just talk. Oh, oh you got you got no power. They don't no. like you. Oh, come on, sound. Praise God for sound, somebody. <laughs> you know when he was talking about. You know we might say some stupid stuff. It might be me. So. <laughs> I'm asking for your prayers right now. Okay? Yeah. Pray for me so I won't say nothing dumb. And this is Joel. Do you want to introduce yourself, Joel? Kind of why we brought you up here, just not a random guy. Yeah. yeah I, well, I guess because I am uh, one of those people that I just love digging into topics, right? So I uh, have done a lot of study on prayer and just um, autodidact is the term that comes to mind. That's just a self-learner on that kind of thing. So... Um, this is a topic that I've had some passion on, and um, it's just an honor to get to be part of the yeah, discussion when, here. Every, a lot of times after Sunday, we get to come afterwards, Joel and I, and like talk about the deeper even stuff that I didn't get to mention up here. And it's, he's just someone that I know loves scripture, loves theology and studying stuff. So I say, hey, join us as we talk about prayer and what this means and looks like. Um, every Monday, there's a group of us that we gather around a table and we talk about what the next week's going to look like. And it kind of looks like this. And we'll just dive into a passage and we'll, we'll go back and forth and and it's important for us to all understand that you can do this as well at home. But today, Alex has got a, a list of questions and go ahead, ask them and we'll just try to chat 
Um, hopefully we get enough scripture in here as well. Um, but we're going to just talk about what, what these questions are. All right, let's dive right into it. Okay, praise God. All right, for the question number one, this person says, I have ADHD and I forget to pray. But when I remember to pray, I can't remember everything I want to talk to God about. What could I do to help me? Well, I got ADHD, so I just lost everything you kind of said. <laughs> That's why, I'm, that's why I'm reading along with you, because I have to comprehend my reading. So yeah, ADHD, uh, that, I mean, that's a, that's a big problem that a lot of people face, a, a struggle that a lot of people have. Um, I've mentioned this in a sermon probably a year or so ago about the importance of journaling. And uh, I've encouraged people that, hey, as soon as you wake up in the morning, the first thing you need to do is just start journaling. Journal how you feel, what you're expecting in the day, because if you can't identify those, those things right off, sometimes it's easy to just, hey, I'm feeling anxious today. I'm feeling excited about today. But when we write those things down, it really helps us know how to attack those things better. So you can use that in your own prayer life. And here's two verses for you about why journaling is important. First Peter 5, 7, cast your cares on him because he cares. And Psalms 55, 22 says, cast your worries on him and he will sustain you. But there's two different motivations right here. One is that he's strong enough to do something about it. And two is that he cares enough to want to do something about it. So if you journal those things out and write it, keep it up, man, you can, you can uh, easily just help yourself, give yourself some just like launching pads of, hey, I, oh yeah, I need to pray about this. I need to present this to God. I need to cast this on him because he cares about me and he's strong enough to do something about it. So there's my two cents, didact or whatever y'all say that <laughs> word. So I'll piggyback on that with uh, Psalm 5, uh, where the psalmist says, in the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. And that act of ordering is kind of the journaling. Or I like to just sometimes leverage technology to help me out with it. You know, keep a note on my phone, have a reminder. Okay, here's your moment to pause and to pray and reflect. And a lot of times I'll put my list of prayer items as a checklist so I can go, well, God's worked on that. Okay. So let me, some of you may not have ADHD, but you get distracted when you're praying because you might start for a minute, you start praying, then every other crazy thought starts popping in your brain. I got to go to the grocery store. I got to do this thing. Yeah. You, here's, here's what I always want to remind people sometimes. Just the act of you having a desire to pray is actually praying because you're thinking about, man, I need to talk to God. And it's a it's beginning point. It's not the ending point, but it's a starting point of, I, man, I need to pray. That's a prayer. Because you're, you're saying, I have a desire and longing to talk with God. And it's, it might be just a moment, but you're starting that process. And when you get distracted, it's really hard to wait till you have a perfect moment that you can actually have peace to have prayer. You have to just, the Bible says, take your thoughts captive. And you have to try to take some time to take those thoughts captive and to go, yeah, I've got grocery shopping. God, I'm going to go grocery, shop, grocery shopping and I'm going to invite you to come with me because that's all that's on my mind right now. So include prayer in just your normal activities. You got another one for us, Alex? Yeah, that's enough. Got another one right here. How do I not just talk at God, but hear from God? So the, one of the easiest ways, I'm taking this, I'm sorry. Uh, read the Bible. Um, so if prayer is not just a, a monologue of us talking to God, but if it's God speaking with us, then reading scripture is actually can be a form of prayer. Because reading scripture is a form of God speaking to us. And so if prayer is a dialogue. If we go to scripture, 
as a form of, okay, this is going to be a time when I'm spending time in prayer with God, then reading scripture can actually be a form of prayer. So just for my, my model that I'm in, and I've, we've all probably gone through different models of prayer. Um, there's no perfect way to do it. I, don't, don't beat yourself up if you don't do it the way we do it, because we've all gone through different seasons of, oh, I'm praying like this, but right now, here's how I'm praying. Um, I'm reading a psalm out loud, so that I start kind of like that, a psalm out loud. I read a proverb, because I'm like, God, I need to be wiser, because I make some dumb decisions sometimes, and then I read a chapter from the Gospels, because this is the story of Jesus, and then I've got my list of needs of Whenever I say I'm going to pray for you, I put them on this list. And it's a list that's long. And I just kind of read through that list. And that's my specific time that I'm spending in prayer. But also I just include God in what I'm doing. So if you want to hear from God, go to scripture with the intention, not just to study, but to say, God, I want to hear from you today. And start with just the gospels. It's Jesus talking a lot. Um, and so you can just say, God, speak to me through scripture today. I don't know if anyone else has anything on that. If not, you got the next one. Well, I'll just throw in that quiet also helps. Yes. Sometimes you got to just be quiet. Exactly. Yeah. That's the truth. That's a problem I have. I don't be quiet. I just talk. I talk all the time. I'm talking too much right now. It just came up. All right. How to find the words to pray when someone needs you to pray with or for them? Go for it. I can't be the only one answering these. So I like the Psalms as a starting place, right? Because that was, that was a prayer book that Jesus had, right? That was the prayer book of ancient Israel. So when you get that in you, right? Like it, when we emphasize memorizing scripture, that teaches you to pray. Yeah. Right. So the question was, how do you pray for someone when they're asking you to pray? So I've done lots of times when you go into a, you know, a hospital room or you visit somebody. And what I always ask them is, how would you like us to pray? Um, so start even there, because sometimes it, that's the big clue. You ask them, how, should I, how would you like me to pray for you? Um, because if, you know, I've, I've done lots of end of life type prayers. And some people are praying, I want to be healed. And some people are like, I want to just, I want to go be with the Lord. And I don't want to pray for one thing if they really want me to pray for something else. So a lot of times just start by asking, how can we pray for you? And then it's just taking a moment to peacefully say, God, your spirit speak through me. It's the same thing like when I preach up here. And if God wants to say something different through you during that prayer, it's just, and that's where if you know your Psalms enough and you've been in your scripture enough, you've got enough of God kind of dwelling in you that when you pray, you're praying the direction they want, but God also might steer a different direction. So spending time with God is really important. Now we got this question right here that says, why do I have to pray when God already knows my needs? Why do kids tell their uh, parents that they're hungry when their parents are already cooking dinner? Um, just because he, just because, um, he already knows our needs doesn't mean that he doesn't want us to make those requests known to him. That's part of that relational factor that we have with him. I love what Psalms 139 says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me, you know, when I sit and you know, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways before a word on my tongue, uh, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. He, he already knows those things. And Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers, 
all kinds of requests with this in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So we're just constantly keeping this dialogue going that we've kind of already mentioned in that last question. But just because um, he already knows, he still wants you to be like, hey, engage with me. Engage with me. So just engage with him. And right with that, um, kids asking for dinner, they learn to trust, right? That um, they learn that their parent is tr- uh, trustworthy whenever parent already knows the need, but they're going to meet the ask. So we learn to trust God by just learning to ask and then seeing him be faithful through. And we talked about this one of our first weeks in this series on prayer. If the only reason you're coming to God is to bring your needs and requests before him, you're missing out on a lot of prayer. And you're, so you're really going to struggle when you're in heaven and you have no more needs. So the goal isn't just to express needs, it's to have relationship. You go back to the very beginning. In the beginning, God created man and woman, and they spent time with him. And in the cool of the day, he came and he walked with them. There was not a whole lot of need there. It was just them spending time with God. So the purpose of prayer, we talked about this a few weeks ago, isn't just to bring our requests. Those are there, and that is important. But it's to just spend time with God, because there will be a day when there are no more needs, and you're still going to want to spend time with God. So that means there's got to be something more to prayer than just expressing what your needs are. Before we go to the next question, I want to ask this. Uh, how do We already talked about how you spend your time praying. How do you guys pray? Like, whenever you do. So, I start out with um, some time in the Gospels as well. Um, and then, in this season, I kind of like to just have ten minutes where I'm quiet. Because uh, my monologue towards God can be just a monologue, right? So, uh, I like to have a time in the morning where I just start off by saying, Jesus, I'm here, and then sit in that. Um, And if he decides to bring something to my memory for me to pray about, well, that's the direction I am that morning. And then sometimes um, that time is just like um, how I describe a lot of my relationship with my dad, that um, he's a quality time kind of guy. And... Some of our best times have just been sitting in the truck with no words spoken. So sometimes that's my morning prayer time. Yeah, quiet has definitely been um, something over the last couple of years that I've really shifted in my prayer life is just having that five, ten minutes of just sitting and trying to hear from the Lord first before I just immediately get to all of my needs and what I need God to do. I try to wait and just hear from him. Again, it goes back to the journaling. Journaling is a big part of my prayer life, just so I'm constantly not forgetting what I've been praying for, what I'm I'm expecting, however I'm feeling emotionally. Um, So all those things go into my prayer life. And then I just try not to close that conversation off throughout the day. I just kind of try to keep that going. Um, I don't just say amen at the end of my morning prayer. I just kind of go, and as I'm, I see things or I'm experiencing things or if things come up, that's, I'm just like, hey, God, I know you see what just happened or you know what I'm about to walk into. Lord, I'm just asking you to give me words, blah, 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 blah. You know, that, so th- always just keeping that prayer life open is kind of how I go about mine. Well, I like what you said, keeping the prayer life open. I just want to contribute this. For me, you know, it's not I wake up in the morning, I just start praying. You know, it's not always, I don't set a set time in the morning early, five o'clock in the morning to pray. No, it's more like this. There's always a time in my day where I need to pray. 
And that's me just, hey, whenever it is, it can be lunchtime, it can be after meeting, it can be whenever. It's me taking the time to step back and just be like, I'm praying to God. Now, sometimes it starts with me because I can't always put my emotions into words or articulate it immediately. It starts with me be just quiet and letting God know, like, hey, I don't know how to explain what I'm feeling right now. And me taking a minute, and then I'm able to pray, and I'm able to pull all my words together and say, hey, this is what's going on, or help me in this, or bless this person, or something like that. So that's how we pray. That's, I mean, I feel like that's good, and I feel like this is being helpful right now, too. Now, is praying for yourself, your health, your strength, et cetera, selfish? Is praying for yourself selfish? Yes. Is praying for yourself selfish? Are you selfish, Mark? I mean, I pray for myself. <laughs> I'll let you guys say yeah. something, and I got some. I'd say if it's the only thing that you ever pray for, you're probably there. But I do think it is one of those things where, um, if you're struggling with being self-centered, well, the only way to get through it is to go through it. You can't go around that phase. You just have to learn to continue to pray, and learn to pray beyond just your own needs. Yeah, so usually if somebody's saying is praying for yourself selfish, they've actually got some inner issues that we've got to talk through. Because usually there's some self-doubt, loathing. So if they're asking that question, they're not thinking enough about them, themselves. God wants you to come to him with everything, which includes yourself. Um, so God, I'm, I'm hurting today. God, I'm frustrated today. God, I need you to be, help me be nice to my spouse today. He wants to hear those things, but I think what you said was really good. If that's all you talk to God about then we're missing out on stuff. Then we're not interceding for other people. Then we're not trying to hear from God. Um, but asking for your own personal needs, man, do do that. God wants to talk about you with him. So, yeah. All right. This question is kind of, you know, my cousin told me if I pray for patience, God will put more obstacles to teach me and that I need to pray for grace as well. But then I read that grace is something that we don't deserve. What should I pray for? That first, first phrase is the Christianese. If you pray for patience, God's going to make you have, you know, a problem. He's going to put you on the road where they slow. <laughs> Traffic. And I get that. But then when we're really, what you're saying is, here's the one prayer God answers, is he'll make your life frustrating if you pray for patience. That, that, what it is, is you're just now more aware of I'm asking for this thing. And I've always had these obstacles in front of me, but now I'm just more aware that of what I'm asking for, I'm actually having to live out because I've asked for it. Usually it's not that this big circumstance changes. It's not the only prayer that God suddenly answers. It's just that your awareness of it has come up. And it is funny to think about praying for patience in the most impatient way possible, right? Like, give me patience immediately. <laughs> But I've done it, <laughs> right? Like I've been that guy. Now. Yes. Yeah, that makes yeah, yeah no sense. Lord, you touch my mind. Lord, you give me patience. No. Yeah, but that second part, what was it? Something about grace. But then I read that grace is something we don't deserve. What should I pray for? Well, there's a lot of things we don't we don't deserve forgiveness. We don't mm. deserve Jesus. Preach we don't it. deserve grace. We mm. don't for, deserve any of these things. Those are just things that God is so loving that He's given to us, and we receive those things, even though. Now, if I'm only praying for what I deserve, I should just not be praying at all. Because I don't deserve to even be talking with God to begin with. Come on, man. Um, so, that, that's again, it's an act of understanding that you are well loved by a Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. so. All right. This is going to be our last adult question. Then we're going to move to the questions from the students. Um, how does God answer prayer when two individuals pray for opposite outcomes? 
The NFL season starts good. today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's praying for the Cowboys. They better pray harder. <laughs> Somebody's out there praying for the Raiders. I mean, come on. What's wrong with the Raiders? That's I used to be a big Raiders oh, fan. Well, anyways. Well, everybody knows Pittsburgh Steelers is God's team. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Praise him. Amen. You say who? The Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Y'all need to fast and pray about that. But there, I mean, there's lots of examples of that. It's the, the, the girl who's getting married and wants it to not rain and the farmer who's just praying for the rain to happen. Like, there's all kinds of these examples. Some of them are even more, they get, they'll get from silly to even way more serious. Um, and I think it's the, sometimes we pray for dumb stuff. <laughs> like what? Like the cowboys. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes we pray for selfish stuff, like, please don't rain on my wedding day. Um, other times it's serious stuff. All of it is God, want, God is willing to listen to all of it, mm-hmm. but his sovereignty, which means he knows, he's omniscient, he knows everything, is where he's going to then guide, direct, and answer those, those things. Um, so it's not really that you're competing, it's just both people are asking. If you've got kids, you know, God shows us a lot through family. And when you have kids, you might have kids that are asking for two different things. And as you being the parent, you're the one that decides yes, no, or we're not doing either one of those things because I've got a completely different direction that we're going. Um, but it's, it's trusting in God. But it's also at the same time, if you want to pray a dumb thing, you're more than welcome to talk to God about anything. Um, he just doesn't have to necessarily listen to it and move from it. Yeah. Cool. Now we're going to move on. That was all the adults. So that was y'all. All right. And now we're going to move on to the students. Now, I want to say this. This is a huge win to have our students involved in this, and they asking really, really good questions. They are, again, deeper and better. So, like, hey, we commend those students. Thank y'all for bringing y'all students to church. Praise God yeah. for that. All right? And if you're not bringing to your students to church, on Wednesday's night starting at 6 p.m., yeah. we have students here at the church, and y'all should bring your students. All right? The yeah. All right, praise God. All right. So the first question is, is praying out loud encouraged? Is praying out loud encouraged? Is it encouraged? Yes, you should pray out loud. Um, I'm sure there's some different contexts as to what you mean by is praying out loud encouraged. Uh, me and Pastor Mark have talked about this, and sometimes people don't feel comfortable praying in front of people. You can pray out loud at home in your car. I mean, that's what I do when I'm driving down the road and I'm praying with my windshield time. I'm just praying out loud. I'm not just sitting here talking in my head because I feel like I'm crazy sometimes when I do that because I'm just driving. So I use that. I'm just like, Lord, I know that you're here with me. Here's what I'm going through. And here's what I'm, I want to talk to you about. Um, so, yes, you, it is encouraged to pray uh, out loud. It's a caveat to that is Matthew 6 says this, And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Don't be praying out loud in that manner. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. That's what he says. For your father knows what you need before you even ask him. So there's some context to that. Yeah, so praying out loud is obviously great. Here's, I think, especially students. And here's the thing I love about these students' questions. They ask the same questions a lot of us 40, 50, 30-year-olds ask. They just aren't afraid to ask them. Um, They'll just write it down and ask. But a lot of us will get in these times when maybe we're in a small group setting or around a circle, and it comes to like prayer time. 
And all of a sudden, you're like, I got to go pee because I don't want to be involved in this. <laughs> because you know that you might have to be called on to pray out loud. And it's, it might be a little bit make you nervous. I always say, if you're not comfortable and you're in a group together and somebody's asked you to pray out loud, be honest. Say, I'm not really comfortable with that yet. But don't stay there. That's the biggest thing. Yep. Be honest about it. Just say, I'm not comfortable with that yet. But don't stay there. Move to where you are. And the reason most of us aren't comfortable with it yet is because we've seen so many people be disingenuous with it. Mm -hmm. And they start praying in a way that, like, in normal life, they're kind of a quiet person. And all of a sudden, it comes to, like, prayer circle time. And now they're freaking out loud. And you're like, what happened here? This isn't making any sense. Do I have to be like that? Do I have to say, Lord, 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 64 million times while I'm praying? Like, do I have to, what, how is this making any sense? Just be yourself. Mm -hmm. Just come to God. If you speak calmly and quietly with just a few phrases, speak that way. Um, and God hears that type of prayer. That's that verse, you know, it says the hypocrites go on and on. And God's like, I don't even hear that. But the ones that pray with genuine spirit, the greatest gift they have is that God's ear is attentive to them. Uh -huh. And so when we pray out loud and we're just doing it with a genuine spirit. The greatest gift we have isn't that somebody else is impressed by our prayer. It's that God is attentive to it and hears it. So that's what we want. So how do I pray with a parent who might not have the same or opposite religious views? With is an interesting word in that question, uh, mainly because I, I guess we would need to parse out what do you mean by opposite religious views? Are they like a completely different religion or are they just a different doctrinal statement within Christianity, right? Like they have a different denomination than you. If it's completely opposite, well, you're trying to draw water from different wells, Right, so I don't know that you can do with mm -hmm. in that case. You can do for, you can pray for their salvation, for them to come to know Jesus. Um, but if it's Jesus is how you end your prayer and Buddha is how they address their prayer, well, that's not going to work. Um, you have to come to the same well. If it's they're Catholic and you're here, well, if you're both affirming that Jesus is the way, then you've got more common ground than you might realize. Yeah. So if you're a pastor, at some point you're going to be in one of these things where you're invited. It's like a, a city-wide thing. Let's come and pray together. And there's lots of different faiths. And it's not even just denominational backgrounds. You're going to have, they're praying to a different God than you are. Um, and I remember going to one with a pastor at one point. He was asked to pray in front of everybody. And, and he was given directions on how to pray. And he was like, I'm just going to do what I want. Um, but to honor that I'm not going to just come up here and just frustrate on purpose. And they said, don't pray in Jesus' name. That's what they told him specifically. So a lot of times I'll say, in Jesus' name we pray. He just said, in Jesus' name I pray. So he said, I'm the one that's praying this way. I'm not putting this on you, but I am going to pray this way. And that's just too bad. Uh, so he said, in Jesus' name, I pray. And man, it made some people really upset that he said it. But we've either, either got to decide, are we going to take a bold stance for what we believe in or not? And especially if you're a child that's being raised by a total different faith, what a hard stance to have to take. But Jesus tells us in the gospel that sometimes it means you're going to, you can still honor your parent, but he, it says you're going to have family members that don't even get along anymore. And that's really hard faith to live out. It really, truly is. But I'm not going to co-align my prayers with someone that believes in a totally different God than I believe in. 
Um, I can pray for them, but if I'm going to pray with them, I'm going to, we might have a discussion of, we're going to say a prayer and you're praying to something completely different than I am. My faith is completely different than yours. I'd love to share my faith with you. I'd love to tell you about why I believe Jesus is actual, the one that intercedes for us and says, no one comes to the father except through me. That includes in prayer. So when you're praying, I don't believe that you're actually speaking to anyone. Like I've had those conversations with people because I ask, I'm kind of that bold person that doesn't care. And I just say words. Um, but it's important for us to honor people in a way that we show them love, but at the same time, give them enough love. Like, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about who he is. Let's talk about how prayer is such a common thing in every faith. It's a common thing. And people that don't even have a faith, a lot of them pray. But it's like a boat that's going to two. It starts off the same. That's why prayer feels the same. Because it starts off the same, but it's a boat that's going to two different destinations. And so it starts the same, but mine's going to God. Yours is going, I don't know, you're going to get lost out in sea. And so the destination, that's why so many people, prayer feels similar. Because your, desti- your, you, your starting point feels the same, but your destination is way different. And so that's where... I'm going to honor my parent, but I'm also going to have a conversation because I care way more about their eternal um, salvation than I do just pleasing them in the moment. And that's difficult to live out. If prayer is essentially a conversation with God, what does it look like? What does it look like when God is speaking? I mean, that's similar to the one that we chatted about. Cool. Praise God. All right. Next question. I mean, it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was funny. How do we know that our prayers are genuine besides just knowing? Did y'all understand that question? How do you know you're praying a genuine prayer? Yeah. So I, I think about, you know, we come to, so Jesus talks about worshiping spirit and truth. And that's where prayer is as well, right? That's where genuine prayer is in, in your spirit and in, in truth. So I guess... To some degree, you do have to know yourself, right? Like, you have to know when you're genuine with it versus when you're just going through the motions. Um, whenever you're just offering up, you know, words that don't have anything tied to you. So, I don't know that there is anything bebeyond your knowing. Yeah, it's really you got to be the one that knows. I mean, you've all went to somewhere and put on clothes that you weren't comfortable with and you kind of had to act a way you really weren't and and you might have to get through that space but that's not genuinely who you are and so when you come to prayer you you know you know genuine you and you know ingenuine you and you want to be the true you to, when you come to God if someone asks me to keep them in my prayers and I forget to pray for them does the Holy Spirit pray over them still or was the potential prayer just left there unprayed it was good wasn't it now listen to these students asking these deep questions. Mm-hmm. It was actually my question. I'm just playing. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a student's question for real. Jace. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> you saw me over here processing. <laughs> um, I mean, once it's been spoken out there, they might not even realize it, but they've let their requests be made known. Um, just in a conversation with another believer, um, I mean, Scripture teaches us that if we confess our sins to one another and we pray for them, you know, we'll be healed. In the same way we're having that, that dialogue with, with them opening up to you about a prayer request, 
here's what I always, I've told Dream Team, Dream Team can testify to this, uh, I, I would teach anybody this, is that if somebody comes to you and you're have a conver having a conversation with somebody and it's bad, they got something bad going on in their life, they ask you to pray for them, do not say, yes, I'll be praying for you. Stop right there and pray for them in the moment. When you pray for them in the moment, you ain't got to worry about forgetting. And then take, once you leave that situation, you've already prayed for them, you can tell them, hey, I'm going to keep praying for you. And here's what I do for myself, and I don't know if this will help anybody else, but I take the pressure off of myself to, hey, I'm going to pray for this person uh, every day this week. And I just tell myself, as often as I remember, I'm going to be praying for them. And so when that person comes to my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, they told me this thing. I'm praying for them. I stop right there, whatever I'm doing, and I pray. If I'm, like, going into something, I just say, hey, Lord, I'm lifting up Pastor Mark to you right now. I know he's getting ready for a sermon. Just be with him, bless him, give him words, yada, yada, yada. So take the pressure off of you having to just remember, do it in the moment, and then just do it as often as you remember. Is it good to be repetitive in prayer? Is it good to be repetitive in prayer? Y'all ain't gonna catch me off guard this time. <laughs> oh, you got notes. Yes. That's a scripture. I got okay. scriptures that run now. Y'all y'all okay with scripture? Is it okay yeah, if I share yeah, scripture? Yeah. I hope y'all are. Yeah, I, wanna re I wanna read to y'all Mark 10, 46 through 49 and 52. This is what it says. Uh, they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples. Uh, were together with a large crowd. They were leaving the city. A blind man, blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting along the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. There's one shout. Everybody say shout. Shout. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more. Say shout. Shout. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Here's why I read that for you. Silence is never the answer when you need Jesus. Be repetitive in your prayer. Keep shouting out to him. Just because somebody may stop you or tell you that you're doing something wrong or you should need to just give up on that prayer, do not stop. So I actually found a quote from... Somebody that I would never quote otherwise, but John Calvin, of oh. all people. So, um, who is John Calvin? It, Just don't go there. Yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> it, so, but we must repeat our same supplication not twice or three times only, but as often as we have need. And um, that supplication, it is interesting to think about. That that is intense and earnest and persistent prayer. Right, that, um, that Luke 18, Jesus tells a parable that they should always pray and not lose heart. Right, yeah. so I'll continue. Just, I'll pray for the, until I, what I'll do a lot of times is just say, God, until you lift this burden from my heart, so until you stop bringing this on, I'm just going to keep praying for it. Um, we had a conversation last week of if you had a, a child that had turned from the Lord and was maybe living a lifestyle that was damaging to them. As a parent, I'm never giving up praying for my kid. I just, I don't think I ever could stop praying for them. It's just something that God's given me the desire to love my child. And I'm never, and it's, again, it's their will and their choice, but I'll pray random things. Like my dad who struggled with alcohol 
you know, stuff his whole life. I would pray God, make him sick, make him get arrested. All these, and all these things happened. But I'm just like, I, I'm praying for God to do things and mess up his life in such a way that hopefully it's that um, prodigal son type of a thing where it's just you reach this rock bottom all of a sudden where grace finally is strong enough to pull you out and say, you need to change and you need to go back home. And so those are prayers sometimes that we just don't, don't give up praying for people until God lifts that burden from your heart or specifically says, no, I would keep praying. Don't give up on being a millionaire, bro. Don't give up. <laughs> hey, in Jesus' name, Stop for that. a billionaire tomorrow. <laughs> a billion dollars in my pocket, legally. Patience. All right, <laughs> I didn't think y'all caught that. All right, that we was got, a joke, by the way. That, that was, was a joke. joke. That was just, we were just joking. All right. <laughs> All right, just because we got a few minutes, so we just go run past these. Um, when do I talk to God formally versus informally? When do I talk to God formally versus informally? Okay, let me talk to this one for just a sec. Go for it. Um, so a lot of times we talk, especially here, we've been talking about prayer being like a relational thing with God. I do need to remind you of this, though. God is not your buddy. Mm-hmm. He's your friend, but he's your father, but he's God. Okay? So God is not your buddy. It doesn't mean that we can't be honest and raw with God. We read in the Psalms, David just sometimes like, what is going on? But then it always comes back to that form of worship and remembering how powerful and how big. We need to remain. There's this thing that we don't teach a lot anymore. It's just this fear, this awe of who God is. It doesn't mean I'm afraid that he's going to zap me with a lightning bolt, but I'm in awe and in reverence of how big and amazing and mighty God is. When we went through the 23rd Psalm, we preached you know, the Lord. And that was it. And that's this thing of understanding how amazing God is. So we can always come to him informally, which is just speaking like we're speaking to a father, but we have to remain in reverence of understanding who we're actually talking to. Um, It's like my kids, they can come to me and they're my friend, my buddy, but there's sometimes I'm like, you don't, don't talk to me that way. Um, Because I am your father. Like we can still hang out and have fun, but there's sometimes we have to understand God is someone to be revered, someone to be in awe of, someone to, we can be honest and raw, but he's still God. All right. This is my favorite question. Does it matter how we, does it matter how I address God? So can we call God like Sky Daddy, OG, um, Godfather, Big Papa, Big Papa. The original God. Did you not just hear what I said? What you, Sky Daddy? No, we're not calling him Sky Daddy. Daddy Daddy God. (laughs) Papa God, Papa. But honestly, Daddy God and Papa God, I've heard that in church a lot of times because they take the word Abba Father and turn it into Daddy. And that's not what that word means anyways. That's somebody that made it mean that. So if you've heard that, study it more. That's not exactly what that word means. Um, And it's like this, I'm not calling him Daddy. That's, I didn't... (laughs) Dear Sky Daddy, Dear you Daddy please with a million dollars. Sky Daddy ain't cool? No, don't call him Sky Daddy. The OG? Man. Original God? There's an awe and a reverence of who God is. I'm um, not going to say OGs. Oh, OG, oh, original God. It's like, short for Jesus, but G's. No. You know, that's, no. no. The, the model that Jesus gives us is praying to the Father. Now, again, we see also in the New Testament... Speaking directly to Jesus, we call on, you see in the New Testament, them saying, Holy Spirit, come blank. Um, so it's not like one member of the, the Godhead that we have to specifically speak to. I've heard that taught before, and I get where they're c- coming from, but we see all kinds of other evidences there in the New Testament that that's, that's not how it is. Um, but we do, 
need to, like you, if you want to call him Sky Daddy and you really mean it, whatever. Um, but we don't pray to any other false gods. We always come to him with reverence and awe. And if, if y'all else fails, just speak Lord, because that is who he is in our life. Um, just he, that, because when you're saying Lord, you're saying you're in control of me because I'm not Lord, you are. Um, so I always, I always pray Lord and I'll pray, you know, it, it sounds dumb, but it's this wrapping and covering of this is, I'm putting this before Jesus. So it's in Jesus name, I'm praying this. And it's not because that's the magical recipe of getting my prayers answered. It says that Jesus is the one that intercedes for us. So I want him to be the one that's speaking to God. All right, this will be our last question. And when we answer, when y'all answer, I want everybody to answer this question. Um, tag on something encouraging to help everybody when it comes to praying in their prayer life. So the last question is, how do we take our prayer game to the next level? I like how this worded. Prayer how game. You, how do you take your prayer game to the next level? Stop all? saying daddy guy. <laughs> <laughs> don't yes, say daddy instead say sky daddy. No. <laughs> Please don't say this. And don't no. get Alex. <laughs> we I, did preface I, this. If I ever hear you say that leading worship, that might be Let's just pray week. to Scott Daddy real quick before no, we go no, back into worship. Don't call the church Daddy's house. No, okay. don't call the church Daddy's house. No. <laughs> Joel, you want to start? How do you think you take your prayer game to the next level? So my short answer is pray. Uh, and then there's this quote that always plays in the back of my mind that you can't master a practice where the goal is to be mastered. Right? It's not that we're looking to become these master prayers, but we're trying to just become so conversational that the practice just overtakes us. Good. Yeah, I'd say take every opportunity to pray, too. If you get asked to pray, I, it's like almost jumping out of an airplane. It takes two seconds of a just insane courage to jump out of an airplane. Same thing with praying in front of a group of people. You, you might not say a, a, a ten-sentence prayer. You might only say a couple of words or a couple of sentences. But just do it. Start building that muscle in your life. And uh, just look for those opportunities to be able to say yes and to speak up and pray over people and do that. And it's just it's going to naturally go to the next level. What about you? Um, I'll make sure it was on. Okay. Uh, I think for me, hey, I want to encourage you about just to talk to God. You know, we said we just pray. Like there is no formal way of doing it. Just talk to him. Um, there, we also need to carry that reverence again, not Sky Daddy, but Lord, Father, God, and just be like, hey, this is how I'm feeling, or this is what I'm having problems with, or this person is going through this, can you help them in this, or help me be an encouragement to them. So just talk to God, just let them know how you feel. Sometimes I just don't have no words, but like, Lord, I'm tired, or this is difficult, or I don't understand what's going on. So just talk to him. And each one of us has a different personality and temperament that we come to God with to begin with. Like I think of us up here, we're all different people. Alex is much more an emotionally driven person, so a lot of times his he's gonna speak to God that way. You are. Yes. No, I'm not. Now, I'm not saying you cry all the time. You're led by your gut a lot more. Oh no. I yes. share an office with him. He's crying a lot. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> but if you you know if you are the ones who are just kind of led by your gut. Your prayers are going to probably look like that. And that's how you just be who you are. Me, my, that's not exactly who I am. Much more of a processor, a, a structure person. So my prayers look a little bit more like that. There's times I have to lean into those other areas of my life to stretch me a little bit more. But my biggest thing is to take your prayer game to the next level. Know yourself. Know how God has wired you and made you. And be that authentic person to each other and to God. 
as you start becoming just more aware of who you are and just becoming an authentic version of you and you present that to God, your prayer life's going to feel better because you're not trying to model your prayer after somebody else. That's why I get nervous sometimes to even just say, hey, here's how I pray because I don't want anybody to pray exactly like me. I want you to pray like you. But I also understand how important it is to sometimes say, well, maybe this is a starting place for somebody. Um, but to take it to the next level, just be authentic. And here's how important prayer is. I kind of, I wrote this down, my one thing. I had a buddy, he went to go speak at a conference and it was a tech conference, a church tech conference, you know, like these lights and sound and all this stuff. And so you've got all these people that are pastors that are coming to hear about the latest and greatest to try to, you know, wow the crowd. And you've got all these vendors, tons of them out in the, this, this hall. And the guy gets up and he had done a little research and study. And he, under, he came to the conclusion that the thing that it was most young people that brought them to a deeper relationship with Christ and an understanding of who he really is was prayer. It wasn't the lights. It wasn't the, the flashy LED screens. It wasn't, you know, the, the magnificent surroundings. It was just a deeper understanding. I, I can access God through prayer. And he got up on stage and he said, here's the thing that can grow your churches tremendously in depth, in, in understanding of God's word. In, and he said, and it costs nothing. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything. It, what it cost was Jesus dying on the cross for us. And all it costs us is a submission and a surrender because Jesus is now the interceder for us to the heavenly father. And he said, all these things are great. And if you want to use them in church, that's outstanding. But here's the thing that will change and impact your church, prayer. And it's free. The people at this conference were not happy with him because they were there to sell products and he was there to tell them about praying. And that's why I want us to understand how important and how impactful prayer is. We're coming into a relaunch in just a few weeks. And we had a 24-hour prayer gathering that completely changed some of the things that we're doing. Because prayer is going to be what lays the path. And so we want to be a church that, yeah, we may have the things. We have the instruments. We have some of the lights. But I do not care as much about that as I care about do we know our scripture? Do we pray? Do we gather in circles together? Are we sharing you know, are we, the, that New Testament church, they gave up everything for each other. Are we living that type of lifestyle? Because that is attractional to outside people. Yeah. And the foundation of that is free. It's prayer. Yeah. So that is the power that we have accessible to us. Let's be people of prayer.